Hello, my dears. Welcome back to another episode of Main Character Energy with Josephine Moon. The thing is, I would apologize for why there hasn't been an episode, but I'm busy and we've got a lot to talk about. A lot. Um, but before we get into a million stories, yes, I'm going to do a follow up on the Don't Worry Darling drama. We are, of course, going to talk about Kanye being a psychotic, mentally unstable mess. There's lots of things to discuss, as well as at House of Dragon. This series has officially ended. Series season one has officially ended and I have some comments, some thoughts. Um, but before we get into a million different stories that's happened over the past month and a half, maybe two months, I don't remember last time I did an episode. Um, I have some things that I would like to, per usual, rant and complain about. So <laughs> gear up. Can I just say that obviously being alive is one of the most ghetto experiences that we all have to go through. However, living in New York is also one of the most ghetto experiences that we have to go through because the way this city is running rampant with rats, with homeless people, with mentally unstable people who are just like pushing people into the train tracks, you're walking to a work event and you see people shooting up heroin, like old women are falling in the streets with blood on their face and no one is stopping to help them. I know I might have talked about this before. Yes, New York is absolutely gorgeous and a stunning place and it's just an experience to be had. But long term, it's the most ghettoest places on the planet. And that's saying something coming from me because you know that I think Texas is one of the most despicable places on the planet. But at least there's no rats running around. You know, at least you're not seeing people do heroin openly in the daylight. Like, it could be worse, but I just wanted to tell people, like, it is a fabulous place. It's so much fun. And will I be moving? No. Like, I love it. It keeps me on my toes, keeps me going, but it also is very depressing and just makes you sit back and think about life. Like, how did I get here? What am I doing here? Why am I staying here? And all those answers, um, have I come up with them yet? No, I have not boot. Um, I just wanted to talk about that because it's been sitting on me weighing so heavily how ghetto those places and especially the fact that it's the most expensive city in the United States and one of the most expensive cities in the world. Yet it is the most ghetto places in the world at the same time. Um, inflation is going up. A recession is about to hit. Um, you can't really live anywhere. Food line, food line, restaurant lines are just like insane. It's just, you know, if this is a simulation, and I feel like people have just been talking about, we're in a simulation. Have you ever seen a baby pigeon? Like, okay, have you ever seen a baby whale? Like, are you going into the ocean to look for a baby whale? Like, it's just like stupid things that people say. However, if this is a simulation, yeah, if this is a simulation, like, I've got some comments and I've got some requests for whoever's popping it around. You know what I mean? Um, speaking of simulation, unfortunately, Halloween is knocking on the door. It's what, two, three days away. And if you guys recall from my episode this time last year, how much I hate Halloween. Um, but somehow I always get roped in to going to a million different things with different groups of people. 
um, who are obsessed with Halloween. And I just, I think it's just how you grew up. Like, I grew up with my parents telling me it was a day of the devil and <laughs> to not do it. Um, also, it just, like, wasn't a big thing for my parents in London growing up. So, obviously, that translated to us whenever we moved to America. Like, they just didn't understand the concept of it. I don't know if I've told the story. Did I say this last year? If so, um, just skip forward 15 seconds because you guys know I have early onset dementia. But I have a memory of, like, one time, for Halloween I think my my dad just really did not understand the concept of it and why we were like giving candy to, ch to random children like it just felt strange and weird to him um which honestly if you think about it it is kind of strange that you're giving random children candy it's just a little weird um but one year we had like my we my dad had put up a sign on our door being like we don't celebrate halloween there's no candy here and it was just like probably really depressing for like our entire neighborhood the one family that didn't do it but it was also like give your own give your children candy for themselves like why are they going around begging for candy? i don't know it just like is a weird holiday to me if it's even a holiday um but also like the dressing up aspect is just either you go all out and you seem like a little psychotic, especially after a certain age. It's like, oh, you're um, you look crazy or you're like a child and you're doing it. You're doing it and it's cute. But it's also like, mm, shouldn't you be studying? Don't you have like tests and homework to be doing at the same time? I don't know. Maybe I'm being a Grinch, but I just don't really vibe with it. But Per usual, I am going to a million events. I'm sure I'm going to be forced to go to the parade for the 50th time and see the same things and be annoyed that all the streets are cut off and you can't get anywhere, nor can you get home and people are fainting because everyone's so close to each other. Like, it's just not fun. And I don't understand why people don't see this. Um, but whatever, you know, tea to zone. Um, Will I be reporting back about the Halloween festivities on the next episode? Probably not unless something like crazy happens, which I probably won't. Bert. I just wanted to complain about it. Also, crazy things that's coming up that I must talk about. My birthday. Um, if you remember last year as well, one of everyone's honestly favorite episodes was me complaining about the drama that happened after my birthday. Did it um, cause some tears and some friendships? Yes, that was the whole point of it. Like, because they weren't actual friendships, as we all remember from that episode. But my birthday is coming up this year. And I've just decided, I think once you, I don't know if it's you get to a certain age, because you guys know I have rebranded to um, a pubescent child. But legally, I think when you get to a, you're hitting or close to a certain age, and it's just like, and you have different groups of friends who like don't really interact with each other. It's like, what do you do for your birthday? Do you do like seven different events for all these different groups of people and just like wear yourself thin trying to do it? Is it thin the right word? Yeah. Or do you just do like one kind of big thing that's like casual um, and not too crazy, but doesn't make people feel like, oh, I just sit next to someone that I don't know and ask the same five questions. What do you do? How do you know her? Blah, blah. Like, it's so freaking awkward. So this year I've decided to just meet at a bar, a, like just a casual bar. Everyone can go up and get their drinks. You don't have to worry about going to dinner and the awkwardness of having to split a, not split a check, but having everyone Venmo someone when there's like 20 something people there. That's just so annoying. So we're just going to meet at a bar. We're going to have some little drinks, some cocktails, and then we're going to go to a little disco ABBA party and 
I'm just trying to remove the awkwardness of like go, going somewhere and not knowing someone and having to be there for a few hours and then feeling awkward. That's so annoying to go to those types of parties. I've been to so many of them. I've probably had so many of them and I will no longer be doing it. So I'm just ready to pop my little pee, dance the night away. And then my mother is coming up and I'm going to make her spend her entire bank account on me and Miss Ginger for the few days she's here. So I will be reporting back about that. And if any drama happens, of course I will be doing an emergency episode because you guys seem to love when it's just drama. Um, I was going to talk about getting older and unstable men, but I am shockingly very sober right now. So I don't feel like ranting about that and making myself depressed. So mostly because a lot of the stories that we're gonna talk about are a little depressing. Let's get into some stories. Our first few stories are a little, not a little sad. They're very sad. Um, We're going to go through some of the people that have passed away in the past month. Obviously, earlier this month, the Scottish actor, beloved for his role as Hagrid in the Harry Potter film, Robbie Coltrane, passed away at the age of 72 from, I think it said like, organ failures, some type of health issue, which is very sad. And most of the people from the cast that he's worked with, because I don't think I've seen him in anything else other than Harry Potter, which you don't really need to be in anything else if you're making Harry Potter money, but still. A lot of the people from the cast have said such kind, sweet words about him, which is always a good thing to hear, because you know when someone passes away and like they're just like, oh, we lost one, and that's all they have to say, that's when you know that person probably wasn't the greatest. Um, but it's good to know that he was just as kind as he seemed as his character. Another very lovely human being that passed away actually two days ago was Leslie Jordan from most mostly well known from Will and Grace as well as um, what's the other show that he was in? I can't remember. He did pass away on Monday in a car crash. Very, very sad. Some of the reports that are coming out as of now are that he was having like breathing issues for the past month and something happened and he got into a car crash. Very, very sad. Also, many people that worked with him and people that didn't even know him have been saying the kindest, sweetest things about him. Um, He was such a funny human being. I say that like I know him, like knew him. He seemed like such a funny human being from social media, from the characters he played. Um, It's just another very sad thing, mostly because he was so young and and he was just gone too soon. Um, But we're going to go on to some of the next stories, which a lot of the stories that I'm going to discuss with you guys today are kind of all over the place. They're up and down. They're very, some would say complex and some are very cut and dry. Our next story, I don't even know if I want to get into Kanye right now. I think I need to like gear up to it. So let's go to something light. Um, In my last episode, when I was talking about Serena Williams retiring, I said Roger Federer is probably going to be retiring soon. And quite literally three days after I said that, he released his note um, in the video saying that he was going to play in one more thing that happened a few months ago or a month ago. um, And then he was going to be retiring from tennis, which... I think it's for the best. He is getting to that age where he just can't play the same. And he's also had a lot of, um, I don't think it's hip. I don't want to say hip like he's a 90 year old man, but he's had some type of issue. I think it's with his knee. He's had a lot of knee issues. So he had um, a surgery like a few years ago and he's been trying to recover from that. But he is at the point where you want to go out as a great, not someone desperately clinging on to their former greatness. And he will absolutely be remembered as one of the greatest. He has one of, if not one of the highest, like, 
amount of titles and rankings within tennis and has always been such a clean and kind player. And he's one of my favorites, so I don't really know who I'm going to start rooting for in tennis for the men because they don't, they're they they're not making them like Roger Federer anymore. They're really not. We've got Djokovic, which is, um we're not even going to talk about him. We've got Nadal, which he is great. We've got, um I'm trying to think of other people. Like there's, there's really no one else. I do want to like start supporting Matteo Bertini or something like that. Um, But he's a little too emotional as a tennis player for me. And he's not um, the most gracious, but he is absolutely stunning. You guys like my God, I don't think I've ever seen a more stunning man in my life. Um, And he's just as stunning in real life. I saw him at the U S open this year, actually fairly close up. And my God, that man is like a six, four and just who, Anywho, back to Roger. (laughs) He will be missed. And there's not much to say about that. So let's get on to the next story. I guess we'll continue with the sports vibes. Rihanna has been announced as the next Super Bowl performer for the halftime show. And whenever I like heard the news about this, was I the only one who was completely underwhelmed? I just, I think from all like the podcasts that I listen to and like all the things that I see on TikTok and occasionally Reddit, I feel like a lot of people's assumptions because, um, was it the Pepsi halftime show was what it's been for the past like 15 years or whatever. They are no longer, um, the head, the head, the sponsor for them. And a lot of people on TikTok were saying it's probably going to be Taylor Swift because that's why she wasn't able to why she hasn't been able to do the halftime show because of her contract. So I think for a lot of people, it was like, oh, okay. Which wasn't my reason because I don't really need to see Taylor Swift perform at the halftime halftime show. I don't really care. I just, I just feel like Rihanna is not really a, an artist anymore. I feel like she's such an entrepreneur. She's such a businesswoman with all the things she's got going on. Like she hasn't really performed or put out music in, I don't know, one, two, three. I'm going to say like six plus years, like not an ounce, not a drop, not a collab of music in such a long time. She's just been focusing on Fenty Beauty and um, the lingerie thing and all the other things she's working on, which she's doing a fabulous shop. She's made herself a billionaire from it. But she's just like not really a musician. And I don't think if you kind of look back at like her tours and her performances, she's not someone who seems like music is her number one dying passion. Like she's not the greatest singer. She's not the greatest dancer or performer. Um, She just has like really great songs that you like want to go to a club and pop your little pee to. Like it's not something that you're like, wow, she's such a musician. She's such a performer. I love to see her dance and do choreography because she's not that really, she's not really that type of person. She just kind of stands there. She walks around. She'll maybe move her hips to the side to side, do a little twerk and call it a day. So I don't think the halftime show is really going to be that interesting. Also, I don't really care for new music from her because I just don't think she's invested. However, I did just see a report like quite literally 20 minutes ago saying that a new song from her is coming out possibly this Friday today um, with the Black Panther soundtrack. So we will all listen to that and we will discuss it afterwards. But I just feel like it's giving low energy. And I think there's been so many great halftime show performances over the past 10, 15 years that's truly been so memorable and so iconic and others that have truly been forgotten the moment after they did it. Like, hate to say it, this year's with, um, is it like Mary J. Blige, Eminem, 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar and whoever, like, forgettable. It wasn't interesting. The one last year, which I think was with, um, 
The Weeknd and his little maze thingy. Forgettable. The year before that, I don't even remember who it was. Like a lot of the past, the last few have been forgettable. And I think this won't be forgettable just because everyone has missed Rihanna as an artist for some reason. Um, but I don't think they're going to be wowed. I don't think this is one that's going to be like one for the books. You know what I mean? It's no, it's no Katy Perry. It's no Lady Gaga. It's no Beyonce. You know what I mean? It's not going to be really giving what it needs to be giving. But, you know, good for her. And also, you don't get paid to do the halftime show. I feel like when you go on that, it's because, like, you have something to promote afterwards. Like, you've got something that you've just finished or that you're about to be doing. And I, unless she's quite literally going to drop an album afterwards, I don't really see the point of her going on this and taking this. Especially, when, like, she's a new mama. She just had a baby boy. And... I feel like she just wants to focus on her son, I believe, and her businesses, which she should. But whatever. Um, let's move on to actually let's get all the sports stuff out of the way, because you know I'm such a sports girly. Um, uh, let's briefly talk about Giselle and Tom Brady. They're getting divorced. Does any I guess people do care if you're a big Tom Brady person and Giselle Bouchonch, however you pronounce her last name. Um, I don't care. I think this man, amongst many men, is unstable. I think his whole personality is football. And I understand why, I mean, I have quite literally no idea why they're getting divorced, but I think we can all assume that it's because he earlier this year said he was retiring because he wanted to spend time with his family and just be in that. And after a few months, I guess, spending time with his family, he was like, F this, like, I don't want to be dealing with these people on a daily basis. I just want to see them on the weekends, on vacations. Like, and I, if I was his wife, I would be fully offended by that as well and be like, okay, you don't want to come home. There's no home for you to come home to. So I understand it for me. And I know it's just probably because I don't care about football, nor do I understand his alleged greatness. I don't think he's a hot commodity. Like, I don't really care to see who he could possibly end up with next. I'm more interested in who Miss Giselle is going to end up with because she was and kind of still is that girl, like the number one model in her time supermodel getting pagan checks like she was getting her bag before she met tom and it didn't really change much after that so i'm quite intrigued to see who she ends up with maybe um sir brad pitt like they both have a fleet of children they're both i love how i said brad pitt even though i think he is quite literally the most unattractive man now that he's hit his um actual age and we're not glorifying older white men when they hit like 50 60 and they're not really that attractive but we still see them as when they were like 20 um we'll talk about that another time that could be an interesting pairing and a real stick it to tom i'm kind of invested now anyone else let me know who you're thinking miss giselle should be with and tom should um I was gonna say something really mean and I'm not going to. Look at me taking the high road. Actually false because the next few stories are not me gonna be taking the high road. I don't know if I've spoken about this human being on this podcast ever, even though this person is psychotic. Who can I be talking about, you guys? Guess real quick. Guess, guess. Just kidding. Um, so as of a few days ago, Ezra Miller from I was gonna say it's always sunny in Philadelphia. What? <laughs> From The Perks of Being a Wallflower, The Fantastic Beasts um, series, he was The Flash, he was in Justice League, but a few days ago he was charged with felony, burglary, and petite larceny after allegedly breaking into a home in Vermont and stealing alcohol the beginning of May, as well as he, oh, well, he could face up to 26 years in prison, but he's also faced harassment and assault charges in Hawaii, which was 
why Anne Berlin a few months ago as well. And he said that he was going to undergo mental health treatment. But can I just say that I'm getting very frustrated with every excuse for someone. And it could be, I feel like in his case, like it is, he is mentally unstable and mentally imbalanced and a bunch of other things. Not a doctor, but it very evidently seems that way but it is getting very frustrating to me and this is going to be what we talk about the whole kanye thing as well which is a completely different thing but whatever um it is just getting really annoying how every single excuse for people when something happens always the first thing they say is mental health because i feel like over the past few years and i probably have discussed this before on the podcast so apologies again over the past i would say maybe three four years mental health has like actually been something that people talk about and respect and understand i think it was like five ten years ago if you said oh this person is mentally ill or whatever it would kind of be a joke and it's just like okay big excuse but there's been such a um movement with it and for it that people understand that it's just like their first excuse like someone says something racist mental health someone says something homophobic mental health someone gets in a car crash and is drunk driving mental health like it's the first thing they use as an excuse and it's starting to lose its power and it's getting to the point where it's like is it mental health like what is the actual issue because yes like being unstable but i also think like a lot of the things that people are doing it's mental health mixed with taking a lot of drugs it's drinking and mixing all these things together that causes even more of an imbalance that that person is already on if it is a mental health and mental issue. And I'm just getting like really annoyed by it. And let me be clear, I understand that there are certain things when it comes to mental health that like it doesn't change overnight. It does it doesn't mean that just because you go to therapy and get the correct medication that it's going to again change overnight and fix all your issues. I've never said that. I'm just saying I think think that there's a lot more to it and and I won't go too in depth about it right now because obviously we have to talk about the Kanye thing and I'm gonna rant and kind of say some of the same things but something completely different afterwards that kind of leads a little bit into the next story of Cara Delevingne um who a few weeks ago I also posted on the Instagram and um, I feel like most of you kind of said the same thing like what's going on but a lot of the if you haven't seen it, there was a video of her like outside of her house um, looking very disheveled and confused. And like, I don't know if I'd say she looked drunk, but she looked very out of it. And the way she was like spastically moving around, it looked very worrisome. And then I think like a day later, there was like, um, I don't know if it was an article or a photo of Margaret Robbie seen leaving her house, like crying. And they were saying that obviously they don't know, but it's just a speculation that um, she was out of it and they're trying to like stage an intervention or something like that. And she's just like very spastic. But that's also kind of been a well-known thing about her. I feel like a lot of people know that like she is very much like a good time girl. Like she is um, very much into lots of different drugs, a lot of Coke, a lot of a million things. Everyone kind of knows this in Hollywood. Um, But generally she's like a fun person to be around and she's very energetic and she's just like the life of the party. Um, So I don't think it's been something that anyone really been worried about until like kind of seeing this footage of her like walking around outside barefoot kind of flinging herself around and going to airports barefoot and kind of looking very um bizarre but it's just like that's one of the things about hollywood that's like so psychotic and so fake is how like when someone passes away from a drug addiction like everyone afterwards is like oh it's so sad like they needed to get help and blah 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 it's like honey bunny every single person in hollywood is doing multiple things of 
pills, coke, a million things. There's been so many documentaries on it. There's been so many people, close to people, saying that, like, it's an, it's insane. If you listen to podcasts of a lot of celebrities talking about each other, like Bradley Cooper said on a podcast, um, which one was it? Smartless, how he was just, like, doing so much drugs and drinking so much at a time. And it's like, everyone knew this. Everyone was doing the same thing. But some people, obviously, it affects them differently. But it's just like, everyone in Hollywood does this. And it's just... It's so annoying for them to be like, don't do drugs, kids, stay in school, do this. Like, it's like, okay, practice what you preach then, please, please. Like, if you can't do it and you're not doing it, don't say anything. Speaking of a lot of people in Hollywood, like being on drugs and going to rehab, our next story is about Matthew Perry. He played Chandler on Friends. He has a memoir coming out called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Things. Um, There's been a lot of things on, a lot of things. There's been a lot of articles coming out about the book um, and how he said he spent over $10 million trying to become sober sober over the past 20 years. He also said that at one point in his life, he was taking 50 pills of Vicodin a day, not including any other drugs or drinking that he was doing, which is insane. And I think everyone who's watched the show or know who Matthew Perry is can tell that he was obviously on a lot of drugs and it was a very big struggle for him. Um, I think I spoke about this whenever the Friends reunion happened. Was it earlier this year or last year? I can't remember. Uh, It had to have been last year because I haven't really podcasted this much this year. You could tell he was so completely out of it. Like his face, not out of it. He looked like he has been recovering for a very long time. Like his face barely moved. His speech was very slow and slurred. And obviously that's from all the pills and all the other things that he has been taking for the past 20 plus years. But it's also something you can see in the show. I think it's either season four or season five, whenever, spoiler alert, even though the show came out like 25 years ago, um, the end of season four, I believe, where Chandler and Monica get engaged, he is like, um, I don't want to say a heavy set man, but like he's a full, full bodied man. I don't know. Or was he skinny? I can't remember. He was either skinny or was full bodied. And in the, it's, this, it's in the season finale and the season premiere of the next season, which is supposed to be the same night, he looks like a completely different person. And it's, and you can tell that in um, the rest of the series, but there's been like videos and interviews that he's done after Friends where he was like, there's a period of time where I do not remember anything about Friends after a certain season. I think it's like season four. He doesn't remember any of the storylines. He doesn't remember any of what happened because he was so out of it and on so much drugs and living a very unhealthy, unstable life. Um, But it's very interesting to kind of, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm not going to read the books. I'm not going to read this memoir, but I would like to hear other people who have read it, their kind of review over it. Because I think it's good. I don't know if it'd be that interesting. There's like little tidbits about when he dated um, that woman from Pretty Woman. What's her name? Julia Roberts. um, And like writing her into the show at the time. It's just like a lot of different things that I'm sure would be like cute little tidbits. But I think the crux of what everyone has wondered about him for the past 20 years out of everyone in the cast was like, what happened to make him get there and the struggle of his sobriety for the past 20 years. Because everyone else on the show has kind of done something with their careers like we haven't really seen Matthew Perry after Friends he's done a few shows few shows he's done a few movies 
um, but not really much. He was supposed to, I just, again, saw an article earlier today where he was supposed to be in Don't Look Up, but I think it said that he couldn't breathe for five minutes or he wasn't like, I don't remember what it said. I'm sorry, I'm like botching this. But like he he wasn't, he hasn't also been able to take roles because of his health. Like he's just not all there. I think everyone has wondered about him because obviously the most, I guess, famous from the show who's done so much with their career is Jennifer Aniston. Like she's been in movies, she's been in TV shows, like she's been all over the place as well as Courtney Cox. She's been in some things and she's been around as well as Phoebe and the other cast. Like they've all done stuff and like you've seen them out there, but he's just like been disappearing. He's been gone. And obviously this explains it and to be able to actually hear him say to not just like what we've assumed and rumors and hopefully he does help someone. Who knows? Like I always wonder like do those books of someone talking about come not coming clean, but their struggle to coming clean of 20 years and all the ups and downs. Like how much that helps someone and how much that pushes someone to like make a change in their life. You know, like speaking of people who need to make a change in their life, our next story is going to be about James Corden. Um, I don't, I hope most of you guys have seen this, but I will briefly recap. Um, So there's this like very well-known restaurant called Balthazar in New York. Um, The man who owns it, he also owns like three or four different restaurants in New York that are like very well known that celebrities go to all the time. Like you can't really get a seat there. Um, it's just booked 24 seven. Like it's insane. But, um, late last week he had posted to Instagram how there had been a few incidents with his staff with James Corden of him being James Corden being just like, as the man said, a cretin of a man. Um, like yelling at his waiter and waitress, demanding a bunch of things, saying that things should be free so he won't say anything bad about them. He's just been like a horrible, he was just been a horrible to the wait staff. I feel like this is something that everyone kind of says, but like you do kind of see it whenever you go out to a restaurant. Like people who are so rude to waiters and waitresses are the scum of the earth. I understand if you're like a picky person and you're not just like the most lively, but people who are actually rude and disgusting and absolute pigs to waiters and waitresses in the industry are just like cruel human beings and it shows them shows you who they are this story came out and like the next day allegedly not allegedly i guess this did happen um james corden because everyone was coming for his neck i feel like this is very similar to the um wait yeah, I feel this is very similar to the Ellen thing where it's like someone that you see on like TV who just seems like the nicest human being and that's like their whole personality is being nice and funny and sweet and then you find out they're monsters. Um, I low-key feel like everyone, well, not everyone in the US, I feel like maybe a lot of people in the UK kind of knew this about him um, and there's been like little stories about it but not as big as like the whole thing with Ellen where everyone was talking about it. It was like a well-known thing. If you have a story about Ellen, like you're officially someone who lives in LA. After the story, came out about James and him being an ungracious, disgusting human being to wait staff. Um, he called the owner and apologized profusely saying he was sorry. And that was that. But then he did an interview like a few days later for like a TV show or a movie or something that he has coming out. And he was like, I don't think I did anything wrong, but I'll try and be better. If you don't think you did anything wrong, then why did you call the owner and apologize profusely to them? Why did you do that? Also, sorry, one thing I forgot to mention was that whenever the owner originally posted the things that um, James had said, he also said he was now officially banned from Balthazar and not and not allowed to come back. And then after the apology, he was like, okay, I'll give everyone another chance. Um, and then a few days later, he was on a 
podcast or whatever saying he did nothing wrong. And then two days ago, he went on his show and apologized again for his behavior and saying it's not okay and whatever. Within the span of a week of all this happening, the banning from the restaurant, the unbanning, the apologizing, the not apologizing, there have been a few other stories of people coming out saying, I have witnessed him be so rude and disgusting to wait staff in LA and wherever. And I feel like a lot, lots more stories are going to come out similar to him being a disgusting human being. And I don't want to say this is going to be the cancellation of him because I don't think being a horrible person, not a horrible person, being a rude person should get you canceled or you shouldn't be able to do jobs. But I think it just makes people aware of who you are and less likable, which will mean people won't want to work with you as much because people won't want to watch a person they know is rude and horrible on TV when a lot of their characters like on different movies and TV shows that he's been on he's been the very lovable fun guy and to see that it's not really who he is is disappointing so I don't think this is going to get him cancelled by any means but I do think more stories are going to come are going to come out and we are going to see maybe a little bit of a downfall of James Corden I think so not cancelled but definitely a downfall tragic but not really speaking of downfalls of people but not really because he was a disgusting human being who we haven't really hurt or spoken about. Um, before we actually get into that, I do want to give a little um, trigger warning. We are going to talk about sexual assault and a few other things. So, so unfortunately, Kevin Spacey's lawsuit was dismissed in a jury in New York a few days ago against the actor Anthony Rapp, who said that Kevin Spacey had sexually assaulted him when he was 14 years old um, in 1986 when they were both actors on Broadway. Anthony Rapp is best known for being in Rent. This trial happened, not trial. We heard about the story in 2017 at the very beginning of the Me Too movement. I feel like Kevin Spacey and that other beast whose name I cannot remember, oh, Weinstein, were like the first two like big people that kind of started this movement and everyone was like, oh, we know that person how sad, how disgusting, whatever. And this was one of the first stories that came out amongst many other stories about Kevin Spacey, which is very unfortunate. I think it's also very sad for other cases that are still in works when it comes to me to when it comes to the Me Too movement, um, because at the end of this specific trial, the words from his lawyer were, we're just grateful that the jury saw the truth, which is very damaging to people who have experienced this and feel like they're not going to be heard and they're not going to be believed. Especially when like, when it comes to this case and such a well-known case, and there are so many other stories about Kevin Spacey that a lot of people knew um, and have spoken about in the past. But it's just like very, very disheartening. However, there is still a few other trials in the UK um, with I think five or six other men who are saying they've had incidents with Kevin Spacey from the span of 2005 to 2013. So hopefully those cases go a lot better. And Anthony Rapp feels, I mean, I don't think he's going to feel that much better, but I think he'll feel a little bit more seen if he is found guilty in those cases. I think he'll feel a little less... um, like he's not believed. That's all we will speak about because it's just so depressing, especially when we've had so many cases this past year of like the, was it Glazane Maxwell and the R. Kelly and a bunch of other things where the jury saw these people were disgusting, vile human beings and were found guilty. So I just was hoping we'd have that same energy with Kevin Spacey. Um, But unfortunately we don't. And I believe that the um, Harvey Weinstein trial, even though a lot of this started in 2017, is going to be beginning soon. So there'll be lots to discuss on that. But let's move on to the next story. Let's talk about something very light and very simple. Miss Adele is releasing her first music video for her album 30 that came out last November. 
um, very soon. And can I just say how confusing that is? Like, it's been a year since this failed album came out, and now you're going to release a music video for all your songs, which are so depressing and boring. Like, you guys know how I feel about her, and that I just, like, she's not the princess that was promised. Like, she just hasn't been giving what she needs to be giving for the past, like, six years. I'm just, like, really confused why a music video is coming out now. Like, what's going on? Aren't you supposed to have a music video come out within, like, a few weeks, maybe even a few months of your album, not a year later? Like, everything with her is just so fakakt. Like, it's all over the place. Her residency in... Vegas earlier this year and her inability to apologize and just say what was going on. There are rumors a few months or maybe a month or two ago whenever she got her Emmy that she is married to um, Paul Chris, Chris Paul, whatever his name is that she's dating. Um, There's just a lot going on with her and she's seeming, I don't want to say unstable because the the amount of people we've spoken about in this episode who are actually unstable, it's um, a disservice to them. But she's seeming to be a little all over the place and it's just giving very childish to me. I'm not loving that energy from her, but to be fair, I haven't loved her energy in a very long time, so I'm over it. We will not be watching the music video. I don't think many people will care. It won't get a lot of coverage because it's just not interesting. Sorry. Speaking of people who are uninteresting that I don't really want to talk about for very long, but they have been in the press and we got to talk about it. The whole Adam Levine affair Instagram model thing. Do we actually really care about this? Do we really want to talk about it? Tell me now. Uh, No, you guys said no. Okay, good. Let's talk about something that's actually interesting Um, and very random, may I say. Dame Judi Dench. Now, I am secretly an elderly woman. Like, I'm practically, like, geriatric. But um, everyone should know who Dame Judi Dench is. If you don't know who she is, please look her up and don't embarrass yourself by asking who she is. But she penned a letter to, I think, the New York Times a few days ago asking The Crown, the TV show on Netflix, to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode um, saying that this is fiction, that they are taking liberties with some of the storylines and the things that that happened. Because there was an article, I think like a month or two ago, where they they said that they were um, adding a few different storylines in there that completely did not, did not happen um, about Charles asking the Queen to abdicate, um, asking the queen to do a few other things and like plotting a bunch of things. Like there's just things in there that were not could not true at all. Um, and I think when you watch The Crown, especially when I watch The Crown, even though I know it is fiction, it does. It's so wonderfully, beautifully done that it does feel like you're watching a documentary. Like it kind of does, even though you know they're actors and you know obviously all of it is not true. I think for maybe a lot of Americans. Um, and people who don't really know a lot about British history and the royalists and things like that, they could actually see this as more so a documentary, everything that they're saying in these episodes, all the storylines are completely true. And it can be very um, fake and fraudulent. And so Miss Dame Judy Dent penned a letter to the New York Times, I believe, asking them to asking Netflix to put a disclaimer in front, because it is, um, especially with the Queen just passing and I'm not going to say King. Charles stepping up to his new role. um, And especially the whole Charles and Camilla and Diana situation, even though this quite literally happened like 35, almost 40 years ago, this whole marriage and her passing away like 25, 30 years ago, I think. It does still still feel very fresh probably to her children and to Camilla and Charles who have just like moved on from this. 
Um, and it is very sad, like how it happened and what happened to her and how she got into this family that she wasn't prepared to be in and be in a marriage with someone who did not love her and did not care about her. Like, it's a very sad story. But I think, unfortunately, at some point, we have to, like, let it go. Charles is, like, an 80-year-old man. Like, we just can't really be doing this any longer. And I think, especially with this season, where it, it really is probably detailing the end of Charles and Diana's marriage and the whole Camilla thing, and I'm assuming it's possibly going to end with Diana's death. I think it's just going to bring up a lot of things, and I know a lot of people think that the Queen and the family had something to do with Diana's death, which I don't think they did. I don't think the Queen cared that much. Like, I think everyone, if you know the, know the Queen like I know the woman, I feel like if you know who she was and what she stood for and how she very much tried to stay out of a lot of things, you would know that that's not her character. And I don't think that's Charles' Charles's character as well that was the mother of his children I think he just wanted to be with Camilla and he was with her so I don't think there was a need really to I think it was just a very unfortunate situation with all of that I think this next season is going to be there's gonna I feel there's gonna be a lot of drama around it and it's gonna be a lot of discourse with Charles and Camilla and not only maybe the British public who still I think a lot of people do not like Charles in general, but I think this season coming out, especially so new into the queen passing away and him stepping up, it's going to be a lot to deal with. And it is very sensitive. And at the end of the day, he is still mourning his mother and he doesn't need this hate that's absolutely going to come towards him because I felt a strong ping of hatred towards him on the last season of or yeah, the last two seasons of The Crown. And so I can understand how in any movie I've seen where he's portrayed, I I also have felt a ping of hatred towards him. Like, he's a horrible human being. But it's also like, he was a man in love and in a really unfortunate situation. And it is what it is. And sadly, it is what it is. All that to say, um, she did a great job because Netflix will be putting up, I was gonna say Proclaimer, wow, 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 a disclaimer in front of the new season that will be dropping, I believe, November 9th. And so you know where I'll be and I will do a full deep dive and I might even have our favorite John Thomas come on and we will discuss the season. Before we move on to the next story, let me briefly just talk about Miss Meghan Markle and her podcast and the whole deal or no deal drama that has come about her spewing some very interesting information saying she felt like a bimbo and they had like a padding station to make you look more of a bimbo and how she felt like she was smarter and she shouldn't have been there and she felt like it was a very um a place that she wasn't valued for her mind and it's like girl you were a girl holding a box at deal or no deal you knew what the job was why are you acting like you went to law school and they just wanted you to stand there and look pretty? Like it's, it's, she just seems even more so unrelatable than she has before. And it's very confusing because she's acting like she was at a strip club and they asked her to strip and she was confused why she had to do that. She's really acting above it all. And it's, it's a little psychotic. I'm, I am, I hate to say it, but it, it really is. But I actually listened to her last podcast well, I will listen to 30 minutes before I had to shut it off because it was it was really <laughs> lifetime documentary like the way I, I just like kind of need everyone to listen to like the first 20 minutes. It's like really awkward storytelling. It's very cheesy. It doesn't feel real. It feels like she's playing a part when she's supposed to be like playing her playing herself being herself with these people like deconstructing archetypes 
of um, angry black woman, bimbo, a bunch of other things. And it, I feel like it could be a very good concept, but the way she's going about it and the way she's interviewing, interviewing or speaking with people just feels very um, out of touch and very strange. And I also don't really want to speak about her too long because you know it really upsets me. So we have two more stories to discuss. And I think I'm gonna have to save the House of Dragon Tell Me Lies recap for like a little bonus episode because I don't want this episode to be too long for you guys. So let's very quickly talk about um, the Don't Worry Darling drama that has been happening over the past few weeks or the past week and a half with the nanny versus Olivia and Jason. And then we'll get into Kanye. So as we all know, the Don't Worry Darling is just like the story that never ends. So about a week, maybe two weeks ago, the nanny for Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde did a sit-down interview saying that whenever Olivia tried to leave to see Harry, that Jason threw himself underneath the car so she wouldn't leave. Um, Olivia made this alleged famous salad for Harry that Olivia had been seeing Harry prior to Jason and Olivia breaking up. Um, there's like a bunch of little things that she was saying. She was also saying recently, very recently, even afterwards that Olivia had told Jason that (laughs) there's like so much back and forth that they said, but that Olivia had told Jason that Miss Flo was the one who was having an affair with Harry Styles at the beginning of the set while she was still in a relationship with um, the guy that she was seeing, whose name I cannot remember from Scrubs, um, and that Jason had found proof that they were, sorry, Olivia and Harry were seeing each other from Olivia's Apple watch that she had left behind. She was just saying a lot of things that were happening and how like she felt put in the middle of a lot of their situations that she needed to be on one of their sides when it was really just about the children um, and that she had given a six month um, notice that she was going to be leaving because she couldn't be in the situation anymore. And she said that she would help them find a new person and would be here to like transition the kids um, over to a new person. And then like two months into that, she was fired and wasn't able to receive unemployment. So that's why she's doing this interview, this kind of tell all of information because she felt that she was given or served an injustice with the way they treated her and how she was put in the middle and how Jason was whatever and Olivia was whatever and whatever. That's the whole story with that. However, I think the whole is she telling the truth or is she not? Because I was actually listening to another podcast recently where they're like, we haven't actually heard um, like a nanny tell all in a very long time because obviously like D- DNAs, NDAs are everywhere. Like you can go to a restaurant and see someone and they'll have you sign an NDA. So obviously if you're working with two celebrities' children, they're going to have you sign an NDA. So it is a little bit like psychotic that she is saying all of this. But the thing that's like kind of um, giving truth to a little bit of what she's saying, one of the things that she had mentioned was that like Olivia, there was like an argument between Olivia and Jason about a salad and salad dressing that she had made for Harry Styles in their home and took to him. Olivia and Jason, after like this woman had said what she had said, she's been trying to contact our family and other people um, to tell the story to. And we don't stand by this and everything she's saying is not true or whatever. However, Olivia, like a week later, posted the salad dressing 
that the woman alleged that she had made in one of these like arguments. So by Olivia posting that, it is kind of giving a little bit of credibility to some of the things she's saying, because if there wasn't a salad dressing that she brought to Harry, why would she post it on her Instagram story? You know what I mean? I think she was trying to be funny and petty, just like a lot of people were like, oh, post the salad dressing. We want to know what you made for Harry. And so she posted it, which is kind of giving light to what this woman is saying. Do I necessarily believe all the things that this lady is saying? No, but do I think there are some truths in there? Yes, this whole situation is the messiest divorce situation that we've seen in a while. Actually, not a while. We're still in the middle of Kim and Kanye's divorce, which is psychotic because they've been trying to divorce each other for the almost two years now. In January, it'll be two years. So it is a little crazy. It's just all over the place and it's getting exhausting. And like, I hate to say it, I might have said this last time. Again, dementia, don't care for me. But does anyone else think it kind of reflects poorly on Harry Styles as well? It's like, you are the company that you keep. And Olivia does not seem like someone that I would want to keep in my life. And he's also very close friends with um, James Corden, who is known to be a beast. So it's like, these are some of the people that you keep in close contact with if you're not and dating and there's been other people that he's been connected to that it's like hmm harry is there something underneath there that we're not seeing like what i don't know it's like making me question him and his credibility sorry i am but um there's not really that much more to say about it because i am like so so quickly losing interest on it as well as it also seems creepy for the nanny of the children to be saying these things like you were taking care of their children i feel like there's a line that she crossed that is just a little bit disgusting. Um, so I'm not going to continue on with her story. Let's get into our final story that I'm sure you've all been waiting for me to speak about. But it's just like so depressing. Let's get into the whole Kanye, he, wh white lives matter, um, death con three to Jews. Just like all the fat shaming of Lizzo, the body shaming of Hailey Bieber, the everything like it's just i don't even know where to begin because there's so many things like every single day there's like 20 different articles about what he's done and what's going on and i'm sure you know but if not i will very briefly discuss it and just kind of say my thoughts so um i would say about about a month ago at fashion week for his brand yeezy he had um obviously a showing and it first started with him kind of attacking one of the i was gonna say critters <laughs> Um, one of the editors at Vogue, she is um, African American, and he she had some critiques about his line. Mostly, like it was very sloppy. It wasn't very creative, and he he had Candace Owens there and they were both wearing white lives matter shirts and a lot of models a lot of people at the show ended up walking out because it was just what so let's just get to the facts first um so she had said a critique about it and he said some very obviously very vulgar and rude disgusting things about her and had posted photos of her just saying very disgusting things and from that side of it a lot of like models and celebrities and people kind of close to the Kardashian, Jenner, Kanye circle of people. I feel like generally when something he says is crazy, no one really says anything. Um, they don't like speak up about it because it's just it over the past few years, it has been a losing battle. It's like Kanye is going to say whatever. Everyone's going to kind of laugh and joke and not really care. And they'll be offended privately, but privately, but they won't say anything publicly. And a lot of models and a lot of actors and people that know him were saying how they stand with the editor and how disgusting the things he were saying was. And Anna Wintour of Vogue, the head 
chief, whatever, um, stood behind her as well. They had a meeting with Kanye as well as the editor that he was attacking. And I guess things were okay because she didn't really say anything afterwards from what I know. And then a few days later, he was still being critiqued by about the White Lives Matter shirts and how like kind of insane, obviously not kind of, uh, how insane it is and the remarks he was making about his own people, black people. Um, and so it just got to a point where everyone was kind of attacking him on it and he decided to deflect and bring up the situation with Kim months ago where he was like, I don't remember, it was like about the birthday party, sorry, one of his children's birthday party and how Kim was trying to keep him away from the kids and it had already been disputed months ago that he wanted to have two separate parties and then last minute wanted to come. And he has already said that and apologized for it. And even before the fashion show, he had did an interview with some woman and said, I apologize for the things and the trouble that I've caused Kim and the family. Um, she's a great mother. She has a children, I think either 75% or 90% of the time. Um, and she takes care of them because he's always going on social media, like blasting her and saying that she's keeping the kids from him. But like, obviously he's not a stable enough person to take care of the kids full time and be there. He deflected to that situation again, even though two weeks prior he was saying she's a great mother. She takes care of the kids. He deflected to that situation and everyone's like, why are you bringing this up? Like this has nothing to do with you talking about white lives matter it has nothing to do with it. And then I think a, while that was still happening, a lot of other celebrities were coming out as well about the fashion show and the things he was saying. And then he decided to just very randomly attack Lizzo about her weight and how she's fat and a bunch of other things, just very random and out of place. Um, and then after that, there's just like so many things that he said and done. And then he did another interview where I think the biggest issue for people, which we'll get into both sides of it and how it's, it's very peculiar. We'll get into it. Okay. Um, so after that, he said like the crazy thing that's got everyone going about how he, how the Jews created cancel culture and he wishes death con, he's going to do death con three, um, against Jewish people and saying how they control everything and the psychotic rhetorics that people always say about Jewish people, which are so disgusting because there's no, there's never any facts behind it. It's just hate um, being spewed all the time. I would like to discuss this as well as the White Lives Matter thing. And the last bit of the drama before we get into it is, um, so a lot of brands that he's working with have been dropping him over the past few weeks over the anti-Semitic um, things that he's been saying. His agency, uh, some of his lawyers have dropped him. A lot of different people have dropped him. And the last one over the past few days that people were like signing petitions and calling upon them to cancel his contract was Adidas, which is mostly his biggest deal. So that deal was either 300 million or 400 million. And so they dropped him as well as Gap has removed him. Balenciaga has removed him. All these people have have moved him and all those deals that he's done with people for fashion or whatever is what's made him a billionaire over the past three four years and adidas dropping him was the big thing mostly because it brought him back down to the millionaire status he's no longer a billionaire um he's no longer on that list because of that big contract that has been dissolved because of hate speech and him violating contracts and so they are able to cancel his contracts because he's violated their terms um as well as their mission of hate speak and whatever i feel lots of different ways about this because as <laughs> 
a Jewish person myself and as a black person, it's it's very frustrating for me to see this from him. I mean, I feel like we've all seen a lot of craziness from him and how unstable he is and the crazy things he said. But I think what was in one aspect very frustrating for me is that whenever he was saying white lives matter and saying a bunch of things against black people, there was no, there was no one seemed to care. No, none of the people were canceling um, the contracts and saying this is hate speech. Um, no one seemed to care. No one was doing anything. He was continuing on, continuing on with his life, which I think kind of says a lot about where people are at when it comes to that discussion. And that is very sad to see people don't mind seeing that it doesn't affect them it doesn't hurt them to see that and it's it's hard it's a hard thing to see and i feel like a lot of people of color have seen what's been going on the past two weeks and they're happy that the remarks about anti-semitism have pushed people to see the light on the things that he was saying but it is a bit frustrating that they didn't see it before a week or two or three weeks ago when he was spewing and saying things about black people a little frustrating and i understand it is a gray line because he is a black person so i understand how the how the confusion how there can be confusion there i do understand that but it is very sad to see on the other hand i think when it comes to the anti-semitic remarks and it taking people three weeks to be like oh okay he's saying these things and he means and he was backing up every single time he kept going on to different platforms to continue his rhetoric about um, Jewish people and Jewish culture and Jewish background, he just kept making, he just kept saying things that got worse and worse. And it allowed people to see, I don't know if it allowed people to see who he really is, but I think it allowed people to see the damage and the crazy influence that this man has, even when he's saying the most disgusting, vile things. Because unfortunately, the remarks that he was saying about Jewish people, if you read a lot of the comments, people were like, I agree, someone's got to say it and it's not just like bots and trolls it was like if you if you tapped on some of those people's like profiles it was like mothers of three children with god bless america their thing or whatever it was what you consider normal people it got to a point where like oh this is not to be dramatic but this is how the holocaust happened honestly you have to look at the history books and how one person's rhetoric on something and no one challenging it leads to something like that and someone as big as connie who was for some reason deemed as a genius and can do no wrong and can say whatever he wants influences people unfortunately he does and it's sad that people can't separate his music from who he is as a person and the things he's struggling with and the things he says when there's no consequences it is very sad to see that but it's also very unfortunate for the jewish community when they are such a small population of people in the world and they are constantly being attacked and especially in new york like there is something every day about a temple and people coming out of the temple and someone like attacking a jewish person or a jewish family and horribly attacking it and the video gets posted and no one says or does anything no one is posting on their instagram i stand with jewish people and my jewish friends i uh, like no one is ever posting those things ever and so it is very frustrating for the jewish community and i've listened to a few podcasts of people who are jewish as well and how this situation is very sad and very frustrating and it's nice that people are finally standing up and saying something but what took them so long everyone i'll just say everyone in america everyone in america is taught about the holocaust 
it was not even a hundred years ago. Everyone knows about it, what happened in Hitler. And I feel like everyone knows who Hitler was and a horrible person. But I feel like the further away we get from school, the further we get away from how that happened. And it wasn't just crazy left-wing, right-wing people. It was families. It was regular people in suburbs. It wasn't just like in the boondocks of somewhere and they gathered around and got everyone together. It's little things of things that are con- that Kanye has said and other people do that lead to things as drastic as the Holocaust. I can understand how a lot of people are just like, oh, well, we don't know what to do. Well, then you have to look at what to do. You have to look at what to do. And the first thing you can do is educating yourself. The second thing you can do is if you know someone who is outside of your realm of what you know, such as someone who is black, someone who is Jewish, someone who is, if things like that happen and just like, I don't know what to do, it doesn't... involve me or affect me you are one of those people who saw what was happening in the holocaust and didn't say anything not to be dramatic but you are and it's how you would think over the past four or five years with all the movements we've had that we would have a lot more growth we would have a lot more understanding and a lot more compassion for people and it's it's crazy how much we don't have that we don't it took three weeks for people to be like oh i stand with my jewish people he said these remarks weeks ago you've said like what are you guys doing and i understand like well i don't want to post on instagram because that doesn't really do anything for people of jewish background to know that you support them even though it is a very very small thing it does help it does help to know that you are seen and that someone cares and they stand with you and the struggles that is happening to your people it does help it's very small and i know i've actually said this before posting on instagram when it comes to the black lives matter and posting the black um square when that happened i was like i mean it is nice and i appreciate it but if that's all you're gonna do is post that then you might as well not post it because that's not going to do anything in the long term. In the long run, it's not. So back to Kanye. I don't want to shame anyone else, but let's just focus on Kanye. It is very disgusting and it is very disheartening that, again, as I was saying earlier about the Ezra Miller Miller thing, mental health is not an excuse to be, part of my language, a piece of shit. Like it's not an excuse to be a disgusting person spewing hate and lies and disgusting comments about people's weight, people's background, people's religion, people's anything. And the fact that we have allowed him to do this and get away with it for so long says something about us as a society. I hate when people say that, but it does say something about us because there are much smaller things that people do that they get canceled in a heartbeat and we never see or hear from them again. Like, we see a, a white country star say the N-word and he's canceled. We never see him again. And it's said in seconds. Seconds. We see a celebrity that has beat and attacked multiple women and he's still selling out stadiums, dancing and singing songs. Like it's and we know and we know that because this person has admitted it. So it's just like it's very strange where we as a society draw the line and what we decide to deem cancel worthy and what we decide to ignore. And it's I can't say it enough. It's despicable. It really is. And I know this is just a little podcast where I generally just like to talk about pop culture and little things. But when it's time to say something and stand up for not only both sides of my people, but also just another human being in general, I feel like everyone should be doing that in simple ways, simple little ways. And if you don't know, again, look it up. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. Look it up. You've got the internet. So um, Kanye can run hell. 
and all the people that decided to wait weeks and months and years to finally deem his behavior and the things he says and does disgusting like good for you but you can also rot now because it it took too long i understand it's like a money-making thing and you were there a lot of them were probably saying he's done this before and it's gonna be fine we're still gonna sell out a bunch of things and whatever disgusting human beings disgusting so um hate to end this podcast on such a depressing note but yeah that's all i've got to say um i was gonna do every cap of house of dragon and tell me lies i did have a few more stories but obviously as you can tell this is a long episode so i will do a bonus episode of talking about house of dragon which also gives you guys another week and a half to catch up and watch the show before we deep dive into it and tell me lies i believe the season finale is happening this or next week so I will also do a full recap of the show. Um, If there's any other shows that you'd like me to watch, please not Love is Blind season three. I can't do that to myself. Let me know and I will watch it and we'll discuss. But other than that, um, everyone have a lovely, I guess, Halloween. Don't be psychotic. And goodbye, my dears.